It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. This show, let's see, from just the Federal Reserve, typically we'll have a New York, Atlanta, Kansas City, Dallas, former board members, heads of the Fed, former heads of the Fed. We we don't skip a beat. Now that's kudos to Anthony and Edwin for doing this. Making sure that we have a wide range of guests and experts, actual experts. We're getting a lot of non-expert analysis and word salad, whether out of Janet Yellen or the White House, uh, the White House saying, while some maintain that two consecutive quarters of fall in real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. Going on to say that based on these data, they go over various data points, labor market, consumer, business, spending, industrial production and incomes. But based on these data, and I quote, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. As I said, we across many different feds. We give you the information, and I've got another one for you right here. Thomas Honig uh, joins me, former CEO and president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, former vice chairman of the FDIC, and currently a distinguished senior fellow at the Mercatus Center. Thomas, great to have you back here. And, and again, to you and your, you know, your former colleagues or current colleagues in former fed positions, I really appreciate what you do when you come on this show and lay things out for my audience. Thank you. It's good to be with you again, and uh, I look forward to the conversation. So let's dive right in. Uh, consumer price inflation, this this environment we're in right now, in reality, economic reality versus the word salad that's going on between Janet Yellen and the White House and Brian Deese and others. What's going on? Well, it's um, you know, it's real. It's not something that's uh, temporary. We all know that now. And it's pretty significant. 9%, 9.1% is a shock in terms of what most people expected uh, we would have, especially the Federal Reserve. And it's across the board now. It's not just not just energy. Uh, it's not just food, but it's rents. It's uh, uh, a whole host of other general consumption goods. And I would point out that it follows more than a decade of asset inflation, which included housing, which uh, barred some people from being able to acquire new homes because of the very large increases in house prices. Um, it it follows a stock market boom that was artificial in the sense of the amount of money put into the into the system uh, over that decade, um, and so it's a it's an accumulation of of uh, policy um, aggressiveness in the sense of stimulus over over many years, and now we're seeing the full the fuller effects of that uh, as we as we uh, deal with it today. And what the outlook is uh, is not all that certain. Uh, we can be pretty sure inflation is going to stay certainly well above the 2% target uh, through this year and probably most of next year and even part of the following year would be my guess. 
depending on what the Fed does, depending on what Congress chooses to do with its spending habits. So those are all factors that will weigh on the future, but uh, we have to be mindful of them now. Right. You know, you talk about an increase in government spending uh, just from 2019 forward. Uh, and you also point out uh, that consumers are losing ground in real income and the Fed not getting it right, calling things wrong for too long. But, you know, what else is, should people be paying attention to now? Je- Secretary Yellen blamed, as you write, uh, blamed this on long lasting supply disruption. Uh, what's the real nuts and bolts of this? Well, you know, it's like so many things. There, there's always an element of truth. I mean, we did have a supply disruption with COVID. It certainly uh, supply chains and so forth. Um, and those would have some influence on prices, but that's not uh, systematically an increase in inflation. In other words, some of the supply uh, disruptions have been addressed. Uh, some of them may may uh, remain, but that means prices may be higher. But inflation is a consistent increase in the price level over time, and that's been very much affected by excess demand created by, as we've already said, a 50% increase in government spending between 2019 and 2020, and again in 2021. Only now we're seeing some uh, reduction in the deficit. And it also reflected the fact that the Federal Reserve uh, purchased most of that debt, kept interest rates low temporarily uh, as they uh, spent money and borrowed it. And then the Fed bought that debt, uh, providing the federal government a very convenient vehicle for their spending uh, uh, increases. So it's an accumulation of some pretty significant policy excess over um, period of time. Now, don't get me wrong. When the COVID came, I understood the supporting of the economy. I understood supporting unemployment. But much of that spending also was uh, income supplements to people earning $100,000 and so forth. So that really increased a great deal of that demand. And that's part of the price that we're paying now with the inflationary. It's taking back that uh, in terms of the inflation of 9%, which is a very regressive tax that the American people have to live with until this thing is brought back under control. The White House messaging on this, uh, and of course, you know, we're, we're just ahead of some uh, key, some very key reports on the economy. Uh, on Thursday, uh, GDP, uh, and of course, I mentioned Brian Deese earlier uh, on the White House Council of Economic Advisors. Uh, and I see the spin. You know, they're talking about job creation and consumer spending. Uh, in their own report, one of the reports issued by the, the this is, I believe, uh, OMB and the White House, uh, based on BLS data, uh, they go back to COVID-19 pandemic. They say it's the dominant factor, was the dominant factor steering the U.S. economy in 2021 as it was in 2020. You pointed out earlier that, you know, this is these this is a result of other actions. And yes, I agree. And it's factually true, obviously, why you and I would say it, that covid resulted in a number of actions. But this has been a long running problem. Yeah. Well, and, and, and this is part of the this will be part of the debate later. I suspect if it isn't already. And that is, you know, I, I understand covid. 
uh, and I understand what was done. But we also know that the economy was in recovery uh, as early as uh, this, actually some say the summer of 2020, but let's just say the fall of 2020. And, and it was in recovery for the fall of 2020 and all of 2021. GDP recovered uh, to its pre-pandemic level by the end of 2021. And yet over that entire period of recovery, the policy that the Federal Reserve followed and the spending that the government followed was crisis policy. In other words, we had a, another major spending bill in March of 2021. Uh, we also had one in, in the December, January period of 2020, 2021. And the Federal Reserve, who engaged in its very strong monetary policy in March of 2020 of purchasing $120 billion of government debt and mortgage-backed securities every month, so starting in March 2020 during the crisis, but continued that policy, the crisis policy, through all of 2020 and all of 2021. So you have the same policy going on throughout 2021 as you did in March of 2020. So with that kind of stimulus in a recovering economy, uh, it is going to be very, uh, shall we say, pro-inflation, both asset as we saw with huge increases in, in home prices in the stock market, and in, in terms of now general wage and, uh, uh, and goods inflation. So I don't know that we should be all that surprised by this very strong inflation, given the stimulus that was put out there and given the recovery that was taking place through uh, 20, the, half, the last half, the last quarter of 2020, and all of 2021 into 2022. So it is, you know, this misjudging of the momentum of the economy. Um, whether others would have done better, I can't say, but I do know that those were policies that have very much been a causing factor uh, in this high inflation. Now, as I said, yes, supply disruptions would have had some effect, but those would have been uh, shall we say, less significant as time went through, as we adjusted to it and as those were addressed. But still, we have 9% inflation, despite the fact that some of the disruptions have been addressed. And now we have to deal with a real demand shock inflation, I'm afraid. Thomas Honig, my guest, former uh, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, so the 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 exit question here for this purpose, I'm sure we'll have much more you and I as we have in the past to talk about uh, the landing. You know, we hear about the soft landing, the hard landing. What does this landing look like? Well, I would say it's going to be it's more likely to be a harder landing than a soft landing. Not that I don't I would love a soft landing for everyone's sake. But if you think about it, uh, with 9% inflation, to bring it down uh, is going to take um, bringing back the excess demand back in line with the supply. So even, even as the supply might improve, hopefully, you still have this enormous excess demand in the economy, and that's going to take time to wear off. And what I worry about is, as, as in, let's say inflation does begin to slow, and, and people talk about whether it's peak or not, but let's just assume it's beginning to slow 
And let's but also say that unemployment starts to rise, and we're seeing the un, uh, unemployment claims start to rise. But let's say unemployment itself starts to rise and gets above 5%. Uh, I think there'll be enormous pressure on the central bank and on government to, again, uh, start the government starts spending and the Federal Reserve start printing money again to, to bring it back. Even when inflation, let's say, is down to, uh, let's say, 6%, 6.5%. And if they do that, if they if they back off of the of the policy of bringing supply and demand back in line, and they start stimulating again, then inflation will probably very quickly restart above six percent or seven percent. So the the challenge just isn't that you're bringing it down now; it's that you have to keep it uh, fairly uh, constraining over a longer period of time, uh, even as unemployment rises. Uh, until you bring the inflation pressure really back under control. And I don't know that the central bank uh, here or anywhere will be able to do that, given the pressures that they will feel from the politicians at that time. So the challenge lies ahead. So as you look at that challenge and as you look at events today, a soft landing is a very difficult thing to uh, accomplish. And I don't I think I really do expect a harder landing than a soft landing as we go forward in the in the months and couple of years ahead. We'll see though. Thomas, thank you very much. I appreciate the information and uh, sometimes as painful as it is for many out there to hear it, uh, we need to have the facts. We need to deal in reality. Yeah, and we need we need to get through this trying time uh, so we can get back to equilibrium, but that it's not as simple as just saying it. It has to take some effort. Absolutely agree. Thank you, sir. Thomas Honig, former CEO and president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, former vice chairman of the FDIC, and a, yes, a truly distinguished senior fellow with the Mercatus Center. I always appreciate the information uh, that you provide. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.